Blimey. Oh, this is one out of a jam jar you got here. The House of Mystery contains demons, angels, elementals, magicians, wizards, apparitions, adult language, and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not enter the House of Mystery. All right, then. On with the show. All right, hello. Welcome, everyone. To the House of Mystery, the John Constantine and Friends podcast. I am Michael, your host and curator, also your guide through the House of Horrors. And in the House of Mystery with me is, of course, the. Oh, I forgot your name. We've been away so the long. Bisexual the, Butler. The demon bisexual butler, David <laughs> Sabal. Hello, my bisexual demonic friend. Well, I've been I've been very busy, you know, sitting around with that trigetting coming up with weird poetry. Mm-hmm. Well, when you say <laughs> weird poetry and sitting with Etrigan, is that in uh, a metaphor for gay sex? Well, you know, he's orange all over. That's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So welcome, everyone. It's good to be back doing this show where we belong. The network is officially back from winter break. We didn't intend on taking the full network break that is allotted, but we needed it. There's a lot of content to get through this year, and I figured I could use the time for planning. And I have most of 2022 planned for this show. And I've left open some room for potential release surprises. I keep waiting to see if we get some announcement about a new Constantine comic book series, limited or ongoing, uh, but there's still nothing on the immediate horizon, unfortunately, Dave. I mean, have you heard anything? Not very. On the John Constantine front, it's been kind of quiet. So, I mean, yeah. throughout the comic books, he, he sprinkled in to various uh, yeah. uh, appearances here and there, but it's been really oddly quiet for the character listen i'm not going to complain with having constantine sprinkled throughout however i'm starting to feel like i'm being played enough with the foreplay <laughs> i'm ready to have some sex now so give me constantine you're, you're like looking at john constantine and basically tell him no don't don't toy with my emotions yeah <laughs> like quit tickling the balls i'm i'm over it it was nice for a while now it's just time to get to the real party give us constantine All right, so if you're new to our show, I welcome you to the House of Mystery. We cover a wide variety of Constantine and Constantine-related content. You can find this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search House of Mystery. iTunes and Spotify are our preferred feeds due to its rating and review systems. It allows certain algorithms to be triggered that then allows other potential listeners find our show so be sure to find us on those two locations and rate and review okay david so today i figured let's start our 2022 house of mystery podcast season with a roundup discussion an update show if you will where we're going to cover all the recent john constantine and friends news that has been released over the last, I don't know, what, three, four months since we've been away? About four months, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. First things first, David, and we need to make sure people get on this ASAP. DC launches the 2022 Round Robin competition. And it's funny what the title says, because along with this article, it says with no Batman titles, because I believe <laughs> last year, it wasn't it like a free for all. It was a free for all. Yeah. What type of competition is this? If Batman loses, Batman also wins. Batman wins. What the hell? Yeah, what type of competition is this? So there are no Batman titles in this round-robin competition, David, but there is a Constantine and Etrigan series. Yes. And it's called Constantine and the Demon Vacation from Hell. That's amazing. That title right there is fucking legit. And it got me really excited. Yeah, I'm really excited for that one because in the DC universe, it's always been Constantine with Swamp Thing. Now we're getting a chance to see Constantine with a different type of character that is similar to Swamp Thing, just the 
pretty much the polar opposite. <laughs> it's still a little antagonistic, right? That type of friendship. A bit. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because it's Etrigan and Etrigan is by far still a demon of hell. And I want to see the dialogue. The dialogue is the one that's going to make me crack up the most. I think that's going to be the difference between the relationship between Constantine and Etrigan and Constantine and Swamp Thing. Constantine and Swamp Thing, Swamp Thing's like the straight man. He's the straight man of the duo. He he takes everything super serious. Etrigan is different. It's going to be interesting because like Etrigan does not play the serious straight man. Etrigan is a demon of hell that throughout all of his dialogue rhymes with wit and sarcasm. <laughs> He's actually a very clever character. He's a clever character. Yeah. I don't think people realize it will. His, the conception of the character, definitely clever depends on the writer who is writing for the character, whether or not the story he's in is also clever. But the the overall idea that governs the character is actually pretty clever. Yes. Um, okay, so I'm not quite sure who's writing this, but I do have a synopsis, okay? Now, if people aren't aware, first off, Dave, we should probably explain what this is if people are relatively new to these competitions. Basically, they take a they take various titles, and they pair them off almost like a an NCAA bracket yes. from March Madness. And they have them compete with each other. And fans are the ones who go out and vote for their favorite title. And, of course, whatever title gets the most votes in round one moves to round two, then round three, and then the final round. Now, on each side of the bracket, we have a total of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight eight titles and then on the other side we have another eight so at 16 total that will eventually be whittled down to just simply two and as it stands now constantine and the demon is up against the questions yes which sucks dude which absolutely sucks because my two favorite tiles are going. Oh, I know two favorite tiles of mine are going head to head. So one's going down. So is this the question? Yes. Is, is okay. I wasn't quite sure. Interesting. See, yeah, that's a little depressing because you because have, I like the question as well. Come on, the questions what an awful team up. Why do this to us? Yeah. The, do you know the questions? The title from what I've understood when I found out about this because I love the past couple of years when DC does their round robins because mm -hmm. they come out with some amazing titles. But like the questions is going to be a f is going to be an homage to all noir, and it's going to be David, centered around the question. What are you doing? Did not promote it. <laughs> if we have to choose one child, <laughs> exactly one child. If someone put a gun up to my head and said, "Choose one child, Michael. One kid must die." It's going to be the question. I'm like, why couldn't they put? Why couldn't they put them against? I don't know the cyborg title. Yeah, because put them against cyborg. <laughs> then no one's going to vote for cyborg. I, I think that's the point. I think that's the reason why they're trying to make this more difficult. But luckily or fortunately, as the first day, because this is the, as of the time that we were recording, the contest launched on the exact same day, which is March 29th. March 29th. And as of this very moment. Constantine and the demon is leading by quite a bit. It is. So I want to say the first round lasts for four days. Is that how it goes, David? Around that time. Yeah. So I will keep people informed on our Twitter accounts. So if you want to follow and you're not quite sure where to enter this contest, just go to our Twitter account at hellblazer dude. And you'll see the recent tweet that I had retweeted from the DC Comics Twitter account. If you go to their feed, you may get lost because they tweet like every five minutes and the tweets get lost. So head over to our Twitter account and be sure to click on the Constantine and the Demon title. If I find out any of our listeners voted for the question... I will hunt you down. Oh, and you think that's bad. If you look on the other side of the bracket for, for the house of mystery side of everything, Mike, they put two other titles that are tailored to us against each other. You have DC's 
uh, DC Horror presenting Ghost Tour from Hell. Uh, you have bracket A and bracket B. Uh, bracket A has Constantine and the Demon Vacation from Hell versus the questions on that side. But on the other side, you have uh, bracket B. You have my two other favorite titles going against each other, which is DC Horror presents Ghost Tour from Hell. And that has uh, Madame Zanamdu and uh, Etrigan and Dead Man in it going against Animal Man. <laughs> Animal Man and Metamorphosis, which has Animal Man and Swamp Thing in it. Oh man! And I'm like, David. Going, why do you put why do you put my titles against each other? <laughs> I didn't even see that, David. And th- okay, when it comes down to it, I'm gonna vote Constantine every time. So it's, it's not. <laughs> It's not going to be a hard decision for me, but it, it is a, it may, I feel conflicted but because you are right. Side. It is on the opposite side, which is fine, David, but that still means, let's say they both do well. They're still going to end up facing, facing off. off. <laughs> so you got to choose Mike Constantine or a title with Etrigan, dead man and Madame Zemmigan. That's like having me choose between big titties and a nice ass. <laughs> nice How do ass. you choose? How do you choose? I can't choose. The the sad part about bracket B is everyone basically said the the ghost tour of from hell is is a really fun title, but the the favorite in bracket B that I've heard, which cracks me up, is Captain Carrot and his best friend Darkseid. That's that's the that's the everyone's like saying that's going to be the the winner of that bracket. Yeah, because well. everyone wants the silly, funny Deadpool type of humor. So David, the log line for Constantine and the Demon. Reads, Arcane Guile meets Hellish Fury. John Constantine is forced to play host to Etrigan the Demon, and the pair embark on a deeply personal and potentially apocalyptic mission. Journeying back home to Liverpool, Constantine must confront ghosts from his past, and Etrigan isn't exactly his first choice for an ally. Yep. A little vague, but listen... Oh, I don't really need to be sold on that log line. It's all about that title. That title, yeah. That gets me right there, so... I'm hoping we win because then we'll have our title for 2022 because as it stands now, we do not have an official Constantine title of any kind. Now yes. he is set to guest spot in various titles throughout the year. In fact, he has recently become part of the Batman urban Legends storyline. Yes, he has, which is interesting. And we'll get into that in a second. I am intrigued by that. But when it comes to his titles alone, we, we don't have that. And I was hoping we, we were going to get something because now we've gone, what, about a year and a half officially? for the, I think, about, this, David, is this the longest we've ever gone? Without a main Constantine title. Ever since John Constantine launched in Hellblazer. I want to say a year and a half is the longest we've ever gone without some title, some type of title, right? Because yeah, we had New 52. I think you're right. Then we had the other shitty reboot, Rebirth. <laughs> Rebirth. Yeah, Dave. And, and, uh, and unfortunately, Mike, you do realize the last, uh, the last, not great, but the last big Constantine title was John Constantine uh, Rise and Fall. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I, I don't count that, dude. <laughs> Why, David? First show of the year, you got to bring it up already. <laughs> I would promise myself I wasn't going to even go down that route. And hate you. <laughs> Trying to remain positive. One of my um, New Year's resolutions was to be more positive and happy in life. And when you bring something like that up, it's very disconcerting. Disconcerting. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to verify our Twitter account here because I'm an idiot. I want to make sure we do have the right Twitter account that I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Uh, yes, at HellBlazerDude, if you want to find out about the Constantine and the Demon competition for the 2022 Round Robin competition, then go to our Twitter, at HellBlazerDude, and you'll see the retweet that I've recently done, and you'll see the poll underneath. Do it. Do not wait. Vote for Constantine. Yeah. Vote for Const- as much as it hurts my soul going against the question, vote for Constantine. Vote for Constantine, and then all your wildest dreams will come true. Right, Dave? All your very wildest dreams will come true. Yeah. Okay, so DC Showcase, Constantine, the House of Mystery. I'm not sure we 
have had the opportunity to actually discuss this. Now, I want to say about a year ago, there was some news that had come out saying that there will be a John Constantine animation and Matt Ryan would be reprising his, his role, at least in the way of a voice talent, right? Yes. But then we saw the trailer, I want to say just a couple months ago, and then the actual title of the short was also released. Yes. And uh, it's got a lot of people confused. Some of our listeners are like, dude, they stole your name. Like, well, no, we <laughs> no, stole their we name. We stole their name. <laughs> but it is going to be confusing when we review it. The House of Mystery reviews the House of, the House Mystery. of Mystery. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as of March 26th, this is the latest news that we have on the House of Mystery and shorts. The DC showcase, I should say. Uh, with WonderCon Anaheim 2022 just around the corner, Warner Brothers Animation has dug into their bag of tricks to share four new images from DC's showcase, Constantine, the House of Mystery, and the accompanying shorts. This time around, and this is where it gets really intriguing, because when this was announced, we weren't quite sure what the story was. But this is a loose continuation of the last animation that Constantine was a part of. Yes. Which was Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. So this time around, Constantine's journey begins slightly after the events that unfolded in Justice League Dark Apocalypse War as he is seemingly punished for his role in the conflict. What happens next is sure to shatter the occult detective's mind. Joining the Hellblazer in the popular DC showcase line of animated shorts is Commandi. You know who that is? Yeah, it's basically the a last a, boy on Earth. The last boy on Earth. It's hmm. supposed to be. I'm not familiar with that. It was created in 1950 or 1960. It's basically like DC's, you know how DC has their timeline? Yeah. Kamandi is basically where the DC universe has to end. Okay. It's a very apocalyptic world and he, it was created by Jack Kirby and everything. One of the, like last, one of the great, you know, comic book writers. Okay. And then the losers, which I'm familiar with that, with that title and blue beetle which I think most of us are familiar with familiar that. Familiar with that. Okay, so have all appeared as enhanced content. All of this has appeared as enhanced content on past DC Universe movies. Uh, in 2021-2022 compilation release, uh, DC Showcase Constantine, The House of Mystery, makes its public debut as the anchor for this dynamic shorts compilation. The R-rated collection will be available from warner brothers home entertainment on blu-ray and in 4k starting may 3rd that's just around the corner dave yeah we are going to try to tackle this title the moment it is released so we can get a review out fairly quick and i'm really excited to see this because the more i've looked into it mike it's interesting that the house of mystery is a character in itself in the in the story because the House of Mystery is treated as the place where John Constantine gets sent to for punishment. It's his personal hell. <laughs> oh, interesting, David. There's more here. So the all-new short, Constantine wakes up in the eerie House of Mystery to find Zatanna and his friends are all there. Unfortunately, they have a bad habit of turning into demons and demons. ripping him to shreds over yes. and over. Oh, this sounds like it's going to be amazingly existential. Yes. Fuck, dude. I'm really psyched for this. And I'm sorry if if I woke up next to Zatanna and, you know. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. If she turns into a demon and rips me to pieces. I mean, it, 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 as, as long as I get to wake up next to her, I'd be happy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Does she turn? She turns into an ugly demon, though, because I don't know if I can handle that. Like, if it's a Shrek thing, you know, where the sun goes down and then she looks haggard, <laughs> then, looks then haggard. I just make sure we get our fun in before the sun goes down. Right? And then you just put a blindfold on and go, just kill me right away. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Did you know Lou Diamond Phillips is voicing characters in this as well? Yes. I saw that. I was like cracking up and going, wow, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> Yeah, this is going to be pretty cool. Now, the only thing that I, or I should say the only question I have, Dave, and maybe you can assist me in this, but do you remember when this was first announced almost a year ago, they said that there would be a John Constantine, a, a centric story that was focused around him, but then also John Constantine, the character would be essentially narrating or almost hosting the other 
DC shorts, like it would be him telling a story. Yeah, like Twilight Zone. Yeah, it, that's what we heard initially, right? Yes. But since then, I have not seen anything alluding to that fact. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, a lot of stuff was being rumored, and then you started seeing like the slow like shut off. Like they said, okay, let's cut everything off. Well, maybe they decided to go a different direction. Perhaps. Exactly, which would be a real shame, dude. Because I think if they were to actually go with trying to showcase DC's more uh, horror-driven side, their Mm -hmm. classic horror-driven side, they could do an amazing, like, series Twilight Zone type of show. Yeah, well, it is called DC Showcase, and it's called the Constantine, the House of Mystery collection. Collection. So if it's all under that title, then one would assume that it is going to still be operating under that that premise, right? Yeah. Wouldn't it? That would be the logical thought. It'd be the logical thought. It'd be okay. the logical thought. And we'll just have to see. I wish because- I had more information on this. So I apologize to the listeners, but if I get some more accurate information, I'll definitely post it to our Twitter account as well. And our Facebook page. Okay, David. Are you ready? Okay. For something really cool. DC reintroduces and I know there are going to be some Hellblazer fans (laughs) some let me try to say this so it doesn't sound bad because I am those Hellblazer fans as well I'm a little more open-minded about certain things there may be some Hellblazer fans that are not on board this idea but DC reintroduces an obscure John Constantine variant the superhero Hellblazer and he is taking part in the current in uh, Justice League Incarnate run. Yes. Which is very exciting. So in the series, the upcoming second issue, I should say it's already out. Um, Let me rephrase that. I'm reading an article that came out a couple months ago. So let's see. In the second issue, the members of Justice League Incarnate finds themselves on Earth 13, which by the way, David, we do have this on our schedule to cover. I believe we're going to hit this title up next month. Yeah. Because it's all featured all the people featured have connections to the content we cover, the house of mystery, the darker side of DC. Mm-hmm. So in the issue, it explains that the world's heroic team is called the league of shadows and also features the first appearance of one of these heroes, Hellblazer with the hero returning in a preview of justice league incarnate. Uh, Hellblazer is John Constantine. If he decided to ditch the trench coat for some superhero spandex. Yes. Though the, the character first appeared in 2005. See, I am not familiar with, are you familiar with this variant? This variant? Yes. Because it, it was very short lived, dude. Very short lived. <laughs> Which 2005, I want to say is before the whole relaunch and trying to bring everything together because the new 52 was what? 2011. Yeah. So at this point, a lot of people were like, no, they were unwilling to look at John Constantine in any other way than the, the way they portrayed him in the actual Hellblazer title. I feel like now that we have about 10 years, no, about 11 years of this new era of John Constantine, going back and forth from the darker side of DC into the more mainstream titles. I feel like we're as a reader, as readers, we're a little more open-minded with what they do with John Constantine. It doesn't mean we don't want our, our classic stories as well, but we're also open to these other variations as well. Oh yeah. But the the thing, the reason why I am also very familiar with this version of Constantine is because it comes from another title that is very close to my heart, which is doom patrol. Cause wait, that's where he, yeah, it was doom patrol 53 and Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison was the one who actually created it. Of course, because Grant Morrison was doing it to kind of thumb his nose at at the people that basically said he couldn't use John Constantine. So when he got a chance, he decided to actually make hellblazer because it was, it was to kind of like, I guess, Grant Morrison's way of getting back at people that were writing the character ahead of time. And he was, he was, he took the haggard, you know, chain smoking Constantine and every single writer wrote Constantine to hate the costume crowd. And Grant Morrison said, okay, you know what? I'm going to make a variant of him in doom patrol because we're in multiverse land. 
and <laughs> I'm going to call him Hellblazer. And that's how that's how that version of John Constantine came about. If you have the opportunity, send me a link to the specific title because I would like to read it. And then uh, let me double check and make sure. I think it's it's either 50 or 53. And I then think. I'll post it to our social media feeds. Yes. So this Doom Patrol 53. Okay, so this variant has rarely been seen or done much in comics since his last appearing. And this article is written terribly. <laughs> he last appeared. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rewrite this article the best I can on the fly. He last appeared in flash forward number four while Wally West was running around the multiverse. Yes. Panels featuring him until now have either shown him standing in the background or beaten down to the ground with the apparent only time he has spoken. Jesus, this is really bad. I do fuck this article. Learn how to write. <laughs> fuck right. These writers from CBR blow, dude. Do they not have any people editing? Holy shit. Okay, Apparently so not. the preview of Justice League incarnate number two is the most Hellblazer has spoken in, in the comics yes, while also is. acting more like the John Constantine that fans know and love. So that's interesting. So he looks different because he's essentially adopted the superhero persona, but that's apparently the only thing that's different. Yes. <laughs> he's still the same wisecracking magician, except he wears a cape and a mask. And I will say, David, there's definitely a place for this guy. Oh, there is. He looks fucking awesome. Oh, dude. I loved it. I loved his origin too, because like essentially when you read, uh, I think it's Doom Patrol Volume 2. That's where Grant Morrison really goes out of his way and starts making satire of a lot of characters. And Constantine was one of them. And I I, I enjoyed it so much because it was kind of like, for the longest time as a Grant Morrison fan, he was told he was never be able to use John Constantine. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, I, we've, I believe we talked about that, yeah, right? Yeah, and it, and it irked him a lot because he wanted to use John. Well, I have already pre-ordered and ordered all of these, and I believe they're sitting in the packages still from the mail over in the next room. So I'm going to open them up and dig through them and, and read this. I had no idea that I knew Etrigan was going to be a part of this because that's why we initially, if you remember back in November or December, we got pretty fucking excited and we talked about we we had talked and discussed that we're going to cover that. And now that Constantine is a part of it, I we would be it would be remiss of us not to get into it. Now, if you look at the panel they shared or the page, rather than this Constantine hanging his hat in the oblivion bar, he hangs his hat in the tavern of mystery. Tavern of mystery. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so we will have a discussion and breakdown on those issues. In the near future, probably mid-April. So keep your eyes open for if, that. If you want, Mike, I can give the synopsis of uh, uh, Doom Patrol number 53 because it yeah, is go for it. crazy. All right. Now, this is the first synopsis of, of Doom Patrol number 53. On the edges of the known universe are the supernatural guardians of the planet Earth, the mighty mystics. From their satellite, the Hand of Warning Hellblazer keeps watch gloomily over mankind. Unfortunately, something big is headed his way, and the Phantom Stranger warns that this threat could be more dangerous than any they have yet faced. Wait a second, the Phantom Stranger is in it as well? Yeah. Oh, Dude, man. they have they have so many characters in Grant Morrison because essentially that that whole issue is Danny the Street mm -hmm. is sleeping, and we get to see what Danny dreams. I've read Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol after you had recommended it several years ago. And I don't remember this. I wonder if I didn't get to issue 50. Uh, well, th this is, Wait, uh, this is volume two, volume two. Didn't he start with like issue 20, 23, 24 Grant Morrison? Yes. Yeah. Cause I he took say, over. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He took over. Let me, I will, I will go through those initial pages for that issue and see if it's worthy of the discussion. If there's enough there in the way of story, because that does seem like a pretty good idea to get into so that we can give a little bit more context to this variant of John Constantine. Oh yeah. Because you have like so many things that there's Dr. 13, the multiple man and Mr. E the malleable medium. <laughs> so pretty much all, it's all, all the, of the characters that I like. It's all the characters. It's, it's basically the trench coat brigade oh, taking so superhero form. Yeah. 
So that's exciting. I was very excited about hearing about that. Now, David, the next bit of news here is pretty fantastic as well. Now, another issue that we have on our list to cover this year was Batman Urban Legends number 11 was originally what we were going to cover because that was Zatanna's uh, debut in that title. Apparently, from what I've been reading, Zatanna is now going to be an ongoing feature in Urban Legends. Mm -hmm. And now they have introduced John Constantine as of issue 13. Yep. Which is always going to be a good read. When you put Batman and Zatanna together, that makes for a very contentious dynamic, specifically because you have two old flames of Zatanna. Yes. Both of them are on again, off again. So to even have that dynamic is pretty interesting. Oh yeah. In the way of story. Now it's funny because apparently in this title, Batman's greatest weakness is his jealousy of of Constantine. Yes, of Constantine. So the real reason Batman hates Constantine proves the Dark Knight's greatest weakness. Batman's confrontation with Constantine highlights one of Batman's biggest personal faults that even he admits is a problem, and it's his jealousy of John Constantine. Well, of course, of course, Batman (laughs) would be jealous of Constantine because Constantine gets shit done. Once he resolves a problem, it's over with. Batman is still fighting the same useless villains for the last 70 years. (laughs) Exactly. At least Constantine takes care of his messes. Batman is debatably the worst superhero in history. history. I mean, he's not the greatest detective. He can't detect the fact that Joker is in a strike again and that the penguin is going to be a threat. He fights the same villains on repeat, never is really able to solve the problems of Gotham, but John Constantine, he puts shit the rest. Oh yeah. So of course he would be jealous of the real greatest detective of all time, which is Constantine, Constantine. as, as well as detective chimp. <laughs> So we will be covering these as well on our schedule, David. We only had issue 11 to cover. So in order to save time and not interfere with our other titles, I think what we'll do is we'll just combine issues 11 through whatever is out by the time we get to it and put it out. Because I feel like this is going to be interesting story, especially because the writer is. um, Who's writing Urban Legends? It is. I'm not too thrilled about the art it has that kind of that cheesy look that I'm not all about. It feels a little digital to me, uh-huh. but if the story's good, I will look past the art that I'm not. I want to overly... say it's Chip Sadursky that's writing it right now. Double check that. So bound to our will part three is where Constantine pops in Uh, Urban Legends number 13 codifies one of Batman's most persistent personal failings and highlights the idea that even he recognizes it's become a problem. Bound to Our Will has focused heavily on Batman and Zatanna, highlighting the tense relationship the pair have developed over the years and sexual tension. Having been close in their youth, (laughs) there's a bittersweet air to their interactions, bonded over the decades by a failed ritual in their youth. But as they try to uncover a way to contend with the problem once and for all, the distance between them becomes all the more prevalent. Not helping matters is John Constantine, cock block extraordinaire, (laughs) another former lover of Santadas. Well, the scary part is I think John would actually even try to hit on Batman. <laughs> uh, dude, come on. Constantine's too good for Batman. <laughs> but on. Constantine he, has no boundaries. He, he doesn't, doesn't like, care. He doesn't like boys. He wants to sleep he with everything, he Mike. Does, he doesn't like immature boys who have daddy issues, okay? <laughs> he, he likes men. He wants men, damn it. Uh, Batman isn't pleased with the situation and quickly proved short with Constantine, but while the magical con man eventually agreed with Batman's assessment that he's a chaotic present presence who might only make things worse, Constantine Force Batman to confront something else. As Constantine explained, Batman lashing out at him isn't because of the inherent danger John brings to the table, more because John has settled into an affectionate rapport with Zatanna, the woman they both still have lingering feelings for. How can you not? Come oh, on. come on. I'm talking about Zatanna here. If, if you had a choice, Mike, I always told, uh, I always told like uh, comic book fans that I also talked about this with, if you had a choice, 
If you were Batman, you had a choice between Zatanna or Catwoman. Mm, oh. Who are you going to choose? I'm going to choose Jeez. Zatanna 100% of the time. I listen, I love Zatanna. Dude, Selena's going to actually steal something from you. <laughs> yeah, but I like bad girls. That's exactly. I, she's a headache, man. I know. And maybe I should learn my lesson. <laughs> she's a headache. Zatanna, what's their bad in Zatanna? There's nothing bad. That's true. That's, that's <laughs> she's, just, she's just addicted to using magic constantly. Right. Are okay. we shipping during this show? Is that what we're doing? We're creating <laughs> sick fantasies? Oh, no. They're not sick. They're not sick. Uh. <laughs> Okay, Dave, so DC introduces the most sinister version of Brainiac yet. Have you heard about this? Yes. This is amazing. So DC's The War of Earth 3, which is also on our schedule to cover, introduces the vilest version of Brainiac yet as the longtime Superman villain is merged with Etrigan the Demon. <laughs> Etrigan the Demon. <laughs> that's fucking insane. Oh, no, that's that's beyond, that's scary <laughs> that's just that's just vile right there because it's brainiac merging that's an unstoppable Etrigan. force right there how do you stop at that point superman can't stop him how can there's anyone? magic involved <laughs> there's magic involved there's magic and technology and an intellect that looks like it'll be an interesting story. So while there have been several versions of Brainiac in DC Comics over the years, The War of Earth 3 is giving readers the most sinister incarnation yet. A preview for the upcoming first issue sees Amanda Waller leading a team on Earth 3 with one of the members being Etrigan, the Brainiac, 666. That is really cool. Yes. I love that name too. So it was announced in December while we were on our break that the War of Earth 3 will see the Task Force X clashing with Earth 3's crime syndicate of America. Yeah. The event kicks off with issue one before spilling into Suicide Squad number 13, Flash 780, and Teen Titans Academy number 13, and then closing out with issue two. Now, I'm not too thrilled with those types of crossovers. However, if the story gets me with that first issue with Brainiac Etrigan 666, then I will be reading those other issues as well for the complete story. So we will be covering at least the first issue. And if we dig it, then we'll go through the rest. Yeah. Uh, the thing that had me really excited for the War of Earth 3 was the possibility of actually going into that that specific Earth because that's the famous Earth where the crime Senate, the opposite of the Justice League, lives. So you had the opposites of everybody. And I was actually really when they first uh, were talking about this title, there were people that there were characters that were like going, we got to see the opposites of them. What would be the opposite uh, of Etrigan? Okay. You get Etrigan merged with Brainiac. Definitely a, a, an opposite of the Etrigan that we know. And even like John Constantine, there was actually, there's actually was a rumor a long time ago when this series was being talked about, we might see like the earth three version of John Constantine, which probably is the most heroic version of John Constantine <laughs> because if he's the polar opposite of John, that means he's not the chain smoking, you know, guy who's going to screw everyone over in the end. Well, we'll see what they do with this. Initially it does feel like it's a jump the shark, but that's also a very common theme in comic, in comic books. books. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> After I read about it, I'm like, okay, this could this could be really good or really bad. It could go any direction. Well, the thing is, is like it has a really good writing team behind it. It has it has Robbie Thompson, which who, is a plus. Me and you are very familiar with Robbie Thompson's work and other series, and he's done very good. He's also in charge of the upcoming supernatural prequel series, The Winchesters. Yeah. He's the showrunner. He's the showrunner. So, so he, he's a an accomplished writer and he's a good writer. So that does give me confidence in this. If it was someone like um, Hacker McHackerson, <laughs> Hacker McHackerson. <laughs> then I would probably just poo-poo on it and not cover it. Let's fuck him, right, Dave? Yes. Fuck him. Yes. Fuck the man that we will not mention on air. <laughs> Eventually, I'll get into some topics pertaining to that, char that character, the that character, guy. that guy. He is a character, isn't he? He is. He is. There's some things that he recently tweeted out that just got under my skin and it, and it oh, made, on. it made, I came to the realization that it all made sense after he tweeted something out about <laughs> education. 
Oh, and I'm like, oh. I saw that tweet. I was like, yeah, this is something that could really. I'm like, yeah, right under every, people's skin. It, it now makes <laughs> sense. It makes complete sense. Yeah. So, David, during our Oblivion Bar discussion that's available to our Patreon listeners, we were starting to get into uh, some Zatanna news. And we started getting to a discussion that there, surprisingly, there, I can't believe there isn't any news relating to the Zatanna movie. That film was announced well over a year ago. Yeah. The J.J. Abrams DC side of things that he's going to be taking control of, the darker side of DC, was announced well over a year ago. And we have not been given any other updates. And it, it makes me a little concerned that we may not actually see these films. Remember when it first came out, the news, and they were coming out like gangbusters. They were like, we're going to do this, 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 this. And then they went into radio silence. You never heard anything else. It makes me wonder, like, did someone in the DC side suddenly get cold feet? And I hate to say it because you're dealing with characters that aren't mainstream. I could see someone up in DC and one were saying, well, it doesn't have this character. Why are we going to do this character? What about this character? You're throwing, I hate to say it, Batman into it. <laughs> yeah. And then when they would be, they're saying, no, Batman's not involved. Batman. So they get cold feet. Yeah. So the reason why I bring this up, Dave, is because all 19 DC movies have been listed that are upcoming. 19. And there are no definitive dates for 60% of them. Yeah. If not 70% of them. On the list, we have DC League of Super Pets that comes out May of this year. That's been a long time waiting, too. Yeah. Black Adam, which I believe got pushed, right? Yes. So, Dave, if we have, we have three major films, Black Adam, The Flash, Aquaman, Batgirl, Shazam, all pushed to 2023. Blue Beetle, Supergirl as well. Those films were, those last three were originally slated to be released in 2023. I'm sure they're also being now pushed to 2024, which means we're probably not going to get a Zatanna movie within the next three or four years. Yeah, probably. I can't see them. Do you see them releasing Shazam, The Flash, Black Adam, Aquaman, Batgirl, Blue Beetle on one year, along with Zatanna? Unless that's, it's a definitely a different philosophy than Marvel's where the Marvel has like specific, Hey, this one's going to be released. Cause everything's connected. Everything's connected. Yeah. But because of DC's, plan that we're just going to throw everything. Everything is up in the air. It's fine. You don't have to know about like if it connects or not, they can throw everything out all at once and just basically gunshot uh, shotgun. Everybody <laughs> with DC content. Yeah. Which I I'm kind of torn about Mike, because like, while that philosophy is great because that means we get different types of DC films coming out. I mean, if they plan on sending Zatanna out as soon as this lit, the, the list says, then cool because it'll, you'll have her surrounded by other DC films and people will want to go see it. Okay. So I have the list here of the new dates. So black Adam was originally scheduled to come out in July. It has been pushed to October, so it still will be released. It still will be released in 2022. DC League of Super Pets, which is a cartoon, moves from May 20th to July 29th. The Flash has been moved to June 23rd of 2023. And Aquaman has been moved to March of 2023. And there are no other films listed with dates. Other than those. So those are the only definitive dates. So we have nothing in the books yet for the darker D the darker side of DC, which, which sucks. And it does make me a little nervous that we may not ever actually see these movies, especially with 
J.J. Abrams' reluctance to give out any information, to promote anything. Then he released a statement saying that he's not directing anything or writing any of them, and yeah. that he's looking forward to moving past DC and working on his own original ideas again. And I'm like, dude, you, that's what you say in an interview? You're looking forward to moving past DC so you can start working on your original ideas. Your original that ideas. doesn't really inspire a lot of faith. No. And, and I was really surprised is if he doesn't want to actually write it, then what was the whole point of actually jumping in it's just on bad another? Robot. Yeah. It's just bad robot producer. So it's just his it. production side. Honestly, I feel like he does a great job. His production company has a great track record with television. He should have been more hands-on with some of these things. It doesn't seem like he's going to be hands-on. And maybe he's afraid because his last franchises hasn't done great for his career he's made a fat paycheck off of them both you know being star trek of course and the star wars but both those franchises have not the fans i should say attached to those franchises they have not necessarily been overly thrilled with what he has put out especially so maybe he's just caught maybe he's nervous which i understand to get involved directly with yet another franchise that has passionate fans mm -hmm. maybe he's scared especially since the thing that has me really worried is like especially with the justice league dark movie yeah. that he's working on originally he's coming off of like the original rumor was del toro was going to do it and suddenly he doesn't want to do it it's yeah well del, it's del toro really, it's was a little disappointing uh, del toro was a part of it back when back before jj abrams was yeah, even exactly. involved We'll see what happens, Dave. I'm a little disappointed that we have not received anything. I was hoping when we came back to doing the show that we would be able to talk about movie trailers and log lines from upcoming TV shows, but nothing. Nothing on the, uh, the Madame Xanadu TV series. Nothing on the alleged John Constantine TV series. Nothing on the Zatanna movie. Do you Z realize they're not even talking about Sandman? David, nothing. And that, not, not even Salmon. And they've had how many DC cons have they had now? DC showcases where they talk about upcoming projects. And not one of J.J. Abrams' projects have been discussed, even mentioned <laughs> in passing. I know. So. And it starts, that's the that's starting of the red flags going up. Yeah. Okay, Dave, so last bit here. Because we're talking about Zatanna and the Zatanna movie. That hopefully we'll see someday. There has been some recent fan casting out there, some ideas. Oh, and yes. A lot of times I'm not really about the fan casting. It doesn't usually what you get is fans who are just really excited for their flavor of the month. You know, an actor they just saw in a movie and they think they'll be perfect in every single role. This one I actually can get behind for several reasons, David. Okay. All of them superficial. <laughs> the witcher's yennefer yes i saw that there was some fan casting as well as some fan art that was put out that imagines her as zatanna in the upcoming dc movie first off she's got the look absolutely 100 percent. And, and not yeah i knew you'd be excited because you're the one that wanted them titties and yeah. she got them she got them good. <laughs> in fact, even when she was Quasimodo in The Witcher, I was like, whoa. If you remember in The Witcher, she had a <laughs> huge true. hunchback and she had a sex scene with her hunchback. With her hunchback. I was slightly uncomfortable because you were I'm, still turned on, I'm weren't like, you? I'm like, you are vile <laughs> and yet you have some great moves. <laughs> I, I was so conflicted. I have never been that conflicted in my life. I was like, I should not be. I should not be looking at this, but I feel strangely aroused right now. And yet you were basically like, going, I can't look away. <laughs> but then I felt better when I realized that she wasn't going to be like that. She does this whole like magical surgery type thing that yes. corrects her spine. And suddenly she comes out looking like Hottie McGee. I'm like, okay, no harm, no foul. I feel better now. But yes, she is the one that some people are now promoting. And I do think she would be good. She's oh, a good, she'd be amazing. She's a good actress. And she's got the look. She's got the ethnicity. She's got the hair. She's got the facial structure. She's got the body type. I 
I want to say she might be the best fan casting to date. Absolutely. Because like me and you have talked about the fan casting for Zatanna and we were throwing around names like, um, the one, the Khaleesi, Khaleesi, uh, the one who played, uh, in solo also, but that's Khaleesi. Yeah. And her, she, we, we were both going, she's perfect. But dude, when I saw this fan casting, I thought this was perfect. It was, I got, I got really excited and I immediately started thinking about the hunchback scene, but I was like, listen, I'm all about it. Let's do it. Dude. She, the costumes that she has worn in the Witcher shows that she's got the body to play Zatanna. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you want to be a creep like the rest of us listeners out there, just do a quick Google search and uh, you may agree with us. <laughs> and if you, if you don't, then if you don't agree, something's wrong with you. And if you are upset by our discussion here, our commentary, I apologize, but she's, very attractive and I can't help myself. Okay, David, let's wrap up today's discussion. We will be back very soon with a new episode and the discussion we have planned is a complete breakdown of the DC black label title swamp thing. Green hell. You guys will definitely want to listen to that. Also, if you want to get more house of mystery every single month, head over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash rainman digital and pledge just a dollar and you'll gain access to our oblivion bar, which is essentially this show, but it's a lot more casual. It helps us. We do it usually before this show and it just, we, we get all the kinks worked out, you know, so it's fun. We get into some topics that we may not have an opportunity to get into. During our regular show. Like so how, go to, hot, how hot Jennifer is. Yeah. Well, I was going to bring that up during the oblivion bar, but I was like, you know what? I got to save this information for, <laughs> for David at the end. Okay. So patreon.com slash rainman digital pledge. And that is it for us today. Thank you, David. Thank you. My name is John Constantine. I'm the one who steps from the shadows, all trench coat and arrogance. I'll drive your demons away. Kick them in the bollocks and spit on them when they're down. Leaving only a nod and a wink and a wisecrack. I walk my path alone. Because let's be honest. Who'd be crazy enough to walk it with me?